0: And welcome back to Civil Discord, your weekly dose of radical curiosity. As you might have intuited, Uh, Maurice is not here today. He has a family engagement, but we do have, or I do have someone very, very awesome here with us. Uh, This is Liberty Down Under. Um, I first uh, encountered him on Twitter, and he is, as the name might suggest, he's Down Under. Um, reporting and tweeting on what is going on with COVID measures, among other things, in Australia. So, first of all, how are you doing? By the way,
1: good, good. I guess you know, trying to do the best I can to get through every day. <laughs>
0: yeah, of course, of course. And everyone, down, own...
1: everyone, and everyone down here is quite worried because we yeah. don't we don't know what the next day brings, really.
0: Right, right. I'm sure, and I'm because it's arbitrary, right? They just change it up. Yeah. yeah, and now you've got your own podcast too, right?
1: Yes, yes, Gum Tree of Liberty.
0: All right, and where can people find that?
1: So that's on YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple Music, all, all the all the main podcatchers It'll be on YouTube under the Aussie Liberty Network, which is uh, our channel on YouTube. We are working on a website as well and a couple of other podcasts.
0: Oh, wonderful! That should go up
1: within a couple of weeks. The website should be up in a couple of weeks
0: definitely keep us posted because, again, I know there have been random media blackouts and things are very up in the air. So that was one of the reasons that Maurice and I wanted to have you on was to just get a sense of what's going on. And in particular, how would you describe exactly what's what's happening?
1: There's only one word for it, which is tyranny. Tyranny by the government and often with support of the people.
0: And what sort of policies are, because again, it's a pretty broad brush to talk about COVID policies. We can be talking about anything from masking to vaccine mandates to lockdowns. So what, and I know it varies from region to region too. So one of the things that I wanted to do is get a clear sense of what the policies are, where you are, if there are some places where it's more relaxed, if there are some places where it's more stringent, what, what's, the, what's the climate like in terms of COVID policy?
1: So, so I'm up in Queensland, which is a the, which is the northernmost of the three eastern states. It's the least tyrannical, but I guess that's kind of like saying Mussolini is the least bad fascist fascist because it's really it's it's about degrees of tyranny here. So you've got Queensland and New South Wales, then then Victoria, and as the further you go south, the more tyrannical it's gotten. I know a lot of Americans would probably hear that Victoria had the four month long lockdown last year. They now hold the record for the state with the most days in lockdown worldwide i'm pretty sure
0: wow and how long has that been for you or for for, for them
1: over over 200 days in in lockdown all up i don't know the exact figure but it's it's over 200
0: what does lockdown consist of because in the u.s it was a little bit fuzzy right there are some places that shut down completely and there are some places where they just limited hours what's lockdown like
1: so for for Americans, it's, it's probably closest to to California and, and New York. Oh, so right. at, at one point, you had parks being closed in in Melbourne. They had concrete barriers they're putting on on bike parks, so you couldn't use the path.
0: Wow. That
1: that's how bad it got down there. That was just, that was this year. Uh, everywhere you go in most states, you've got a QR code. You've got to sign in, so the government can track you wherever you go for 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 COVID reasons. Uh, at, one point, at one point South Australia introduced uh, a new system where if you're quarantining you've got a, they'll still, uh, at random times during the day, they'll ask you to send them a photo so you send them a photo of where you are within 15 minutes, if you don't, they send the police to go track down where you are and make sure you do what they say
0: Wow! so basically uh, what-
1: police tracking everyone and everything's been locked down <laughs>
0: I have to. What happens if you don't have a phone? Like, I mean, there are indigenous communities, right? I, and I'm not saying they don't have phones, but what happens if you don't have a smartphone and you can't, you know, you can't send your whereabouts, you can't send data.
1: So I, I don't know how they. Did, I don't know how they did that one, um, but with regard to the with the general QR codes, you had to sign in using a pen and paper. So they still take down your mobile and your email, if you have either of those, in your address and your name.
0: Wow. So even if wow. you didn't have
1: a phone, they'd still track where you went.
0: That's, that's incredible. And I'm guessing, do you, are there mask mandates as well in addition to all of this?
1: Yeah. Okay. They're, right. they're like the first step put in place is, is mask <laughs> mandates.
0: Yeah. And, and one, one of the most annoying, but then it just gets more tyrannical and, and frightening. I feel it's, it goes from being yes, a nuisance yes. to, to being really scary. Um, and vaccine mandates. How is that? I I know it's escalated a bit.
1: Yeah, so you had you had protests a couple of weeks ago in, in Melbourne by by trades or, or tradesmen, um, as as most other countries call them. So they were proce- they were protesting against uh, vaccine mandates down there. They ended up the government then closed construction for two for two weeks. Like it, it all closed. and it cost something like six billion Aussie dollars, which is something like just something like four 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 point something US dollars. For, Four point I think it was 4.6 four billion us dollars uh so that got that got closed down because people because the 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 worksmen were complaining against that so they were all they're all unionized so they complained and their own union bosses called them extremists and far right you so see you got vaccine mandates all across the board in in every every state uh victoria probably is the worst followed by New South wales uh you can't get you if you're a Victorian residents and you live outside of Victoria, you can't get back in without a vaccine.
0: Wow, and I imagine that movement is just limited in general, right? Because it, now, are you are you in one of the locations that has the you know the the meter limitation, or I guess I, it's, there's a certain number of meters or kilometers that you can be outside your house? Is that uh, is that going on where you are, or
1: no, no. So, so I'm up, up in Queensland, okay, specifically okay. Uh, Toowoomba, which is about two hours west All of right. Brisbane, so the state capital. We're probably one of the best, one of the least affected areas. Uh, we're a conservative stronghold. Um, and a lot of people here refuse to even do the QR code. So at one point we had the newspaper complaining that people here weren't using the QR code to check it. We had such low compliance rates. Wow,
0: well, wow. Well.
1: So, so in, re- in result, the state government is building a quarantine camp 20 minutes away.
0: Yeah, I, that was going to be my next question is, what are those like? Because for me, that that immediately sounds terrifying. Um, and uh, I know that I think one of the names that was rolled out for the for one in Melbourne was something like Melbourne Centre for National Resilience, if that's... Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what do you know about the status of the quarantine camp, what it's going to be like, what the regulations for going there are?
1: So the three I know of, you've got the Melbourne one, then you've got... Uh, the, the Queensland state government is building one 20 minutes away from me at a at well camp. They'll be using our public hospital, which is already at full capacity. And they just, they just fired a bunch of staff uh, because they were unvaxxed. And then you've got one down in Brisbane on army land, which is uh, done by the federal government. So those are the three I know of. And it would, basically will be like if you're entering the country, that's where you go to, to quarantine, that sort of stuff.
0: And would you need to go there if you tested positive or you're just expected to stay where you are, stay at home?
1: We don't know. Okay. Uh, we, we, I guess it, it depends where you, where you are, I guess. They haven't exactly fleshed out the policy yet for, for quarantine camps yet. All right.
0: And you said you're in a conservative stronghold. So you've got people who are defying some of the QR code orders, but you also said that the idea is they'll send the police to come and track you down. So has there been tension where you are specifically in that regard? Have there been police who have been coming and looking for people?
1: So that, that that police, I guess, taking photos, uh, face ID things only in South Australia. I think it. I think it, it could be looking at doing that in Melbourne, in Melbourne and Victoria as well, but not where I am, fortunately. But again, building the camp right near us, uh, the, where the government got praised by, um, the, we've got a Labour government, which is our version of Democrats. They got praised, uh, for being for building that camp in a non metro area, um, despite. Where where I am is the second biggest inland city. If you don't count Canberra, the nation, nation's capital, it is the biggest inland city. So really, they're getting praised across the board for for all their measures.
0: That's that's again that's that's scary. Um, so
1: we we had we had we've had two state elections since COVID started. We had one in in my state, Queensland, which was November last year. I think just after the US election, and then. Western Australia had their election this year. In both states, you saw a massive, massive swing towards Labor governments. I think the Liberals lost five seats in... We only have have one House of Parliament, which is the lower house here. So they lost four seats in the lower house. They lost five seats in the lower house. Labor picked up four. And then in Western Australia, it was a massive, massive shift. I think the swing towards the government there was 20%. And
0: why do you think there was such a big swing? Was it in reaction. Well, I, I guess it would be in reaction to a lot of things, but, but to what do you attribute that?
1: Uh, people supporting the government's, the government's policies. And in Western Australia, that was due to, um, uh, their, their government down there under Mark McGowan has been very, very strict on borders. Uh, again, in, in Queensland as well, you've got heavier tourism industry, but the government's been very strict on borders against people the government's keeping them safe. So even though the tourism industry has been hard hit, um, there's still lots and lots of support for for the policies in Western Australia, which is heavy heavy mining. You can't do fly in, fly out really right now because of the the hard border. In both both states, are also defying the the federal policy of reopening internationally with eighty percent vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've said we're not going to do that. Uh, I know McGowan's um, WA. They've said ninety and, percent, and Anastasia Palaszczuk, which is the the Premier of um of Queensland, said we're not doing that even only when it's safe will we reopen internationally when it's safe and who determines when it's safe they well, do that, yeah,
0: that was be my, my question they, did they provide any parameters at all any benchmarks and and then even for the 80 and 90 percent what's the justification why is that a magical number
1: yeah, the, uh, <laughs> we have no idea either the government right. hasn't exactly been consistent with their policies uh april this year they said possibly reopening internationally completely by twenty twenty four. So we were looking 20- at the three years in lockdown. Wow. They ha- they have since changed that. So that's been changed to uh, end of this year. We'll start reopening internationally. Uh but still like they again they've got the, the quarantine camps as well, which they can then put people into as and then obviously you can only leave with the vaccine. You can only come in with the vaccine probably as well. Um so having the mandate in place does mean it's hard for people who don't like living here with the tyranny to, to escape because they have to get the vaccine to do that.
0: Right. That's, that's what I was wondering. And, and one thing I wanted to ask was about people relocating, are people moving to less tyrannical areas? Although I suppose that's difficult too, if, if at some, in some places you do have rules about how far you're allowed to travel, but are people relocating?
1: Some people are. I know. I know one person who's trying to move from Melbourne up to up to Brisbane in, in Queensland just because it's the least of, of the three bad. But then again, at least of bad of the three states on the east coast. But then again, as I said, it's just like comparing Mussolini to Hitler
0: mm-hmm, in, in exactly. terms of
1: it, it, it's not. It, it's a good analogy, I guess, to use. It's really degrees of, of tyranny. So you do have people trying to relocate. I know there are a couple of homesteading movements. Uh, a few people trying to escape the country altogether. I know one guy. Who's got a young family? He's trying to escape. Uh, so it's just everyone doing what they can to get out of here.
0: Yeah, that's and and I am again. I'm sure that it's difficult because not only are there restrictions on movement, but there's also financial difficulties, right? I mean, the economy can't be fantastic right now.
1: No, no. So, but before um, look before COVID, I think we were looking at national debt being 960 billion dollars, something like that. Uh-huh. It's now expected to be after COVID $2 trillion in national debt. So we've more than doubled our debt because of COVID.
0: Well, I mean, I get all around the world, I suppose that's happening. <laughs> so you're, you're in yep. excellent company, depending on your definition of the word excellent. Um what is it? Just politics—the reason that there's regional variation, or is there some variation also in COVID cases that can marginally support the variation in policy stringency?
1: That the that, that COVID COVID cases is is exactly exactly the reason why they're doing these different policies in different parts of the country, different parts of, the, of each state. Uh, in Queensland, you're looking at around three and a half to four th- uh, million people. In in the southeast corner, um, which is five cities: uh, Gold Coast, Brisbane, Sunshine Coast, Ipswich, Logan. Three and a half to, to four million people there. In a state of five million, um, so very very much concentrated around certain areas. Uh, I think you've got eight million in the Greater Sydney area. So it's very, it's not very so. Although where I am is like the size of New England. But there's five million people who live there but it's all it's mostly done in in one pocket um which takes like an hour and a half to travel through so wow. very like that's you're looking at a country this like an area the size of i guess new york state would be probably a good good comparison to use there so there there is not much to, there is you've got very very sparse areas which is most of the country but you also have very Highly dense areas, but that's by Australian standards. By U.S. standards, it's not dense at all.
0: Right, be like a kind of small, medium-sized U.S. city, or yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, and so it's it's. Not, are you saying that it's not as heavily politicized or partisan uh, in Australia? Because I mean, in, in the U.S., it's 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 pretty partisan. If you're a Democrat, you support all these lockdown measures. You're a Republican, you're super against it. You might not even think that that the vaccines are you know or that that covid's a real thing um so it, is it that politicized or are people more in line with one another
1: so the governments of new south wales and the federal government are liberal national which is our version of conservatives
0: mm-hmm.
1: they're, 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 our, they're our version of the gop so but they're to the le- they're, they're to the left so they support like Gun gun control and and public health care, so they're to the left of the GOP, but they're our I guess best example of conservatives. But they're also pro lockdown, or at least some of them are. Again, where I am is is an LNP stronghold, but that's like so so stronghold so so conservative as as a stronghold that we voted against uh, gay marriage in twenty seventeen when they did a postal survey for that. Basically, a postal survey. You had millions of people voted, and we voted against gay marriage. I think it was fifty point eight to forty nine point two uh, percentages, but that that's that that's to show how conservative this area is. That's why you've got low compliance rates here, but in every everywhere else you have you have high high compliance rates. Uh, Gladys Berejiklian, who recently resigned from the premiership in in Victoria, in, sorry New South Wales, because of the the corruption investigation, people are, I just heard on the news um, just before this show that people are buying cardboard cutouts have heard, to have in their homes. Oh wow! <laughs> they're they're about 80 bucks a piece that people are buying. COVID-19 because people, like when she left, people basically mourning her, mourning her leaving. You had people like sending flowers to her office and, and like writing letters all across the windows as to, to right. say thank you to what she's done. And they've had a lockdown for months.
0: Wow. So do you think it's better with her? I mean, how much, how effective can she be out of the government anyhow? Or, or do you think it's, it's, it's better to have her? Her gone or better to have her staying in
1: it's better right now marginally because the replacement uh, Perotet is supposedly more anti lockdown than she is we haven't seen it in practice yet they have slightly eased the roadmap to the freedom um i don't I don't know all the, all this all the individual details of that we don't have all of them out yet because the government is still changing their policy as, as we go like week by week, it's always changing. Um But she's looking at going federal in mm. the next election, which is March, April next year.
0: And you, do you have mandatory voting? Is that correct? Or is that? Yes. um Okay. You do. You do. So I, I remember think I- us.
1: Yeah. Us, Belgium, and I think Argentina, but it's not Argentina. I think, after sixty-five or seventy-five, it's not mandatory, and in Belgium, it's not enforced. Oh,
0: interesting! But it is enforced here. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> so we're
1: about the only we're about the only democracy to have complete mandatory voting for all ages that is enforced.
0: I remember hearing you on a previous podcast earlier this week um, of, of yours. You were saying that maybe a, a measure of resistance would be not voting, and I think for for you know for an American, that just sounds kind of weird until you consider, oh no, you're supposed it's it's an act of defiance, literally. You are breaking the law if you're not voting. Um, are you, are you, do you still feel like that would be one potential measure of resistance that, that you'd advocate for is not voting?
1: Yeah, so of course I'm not. I'm not going to say to people, you know, don't vote at all because right. if you don't vote, you get fined. But we have a thing called donkey voting, um, which is basically you fill out the form in a, in a dodgy way. So you don't because we we have preference voting as well. So you've got to for voting for the lower house, you've got to tick every or number every box, one to five, one to six, whatever. How many the hundred people are running for you running for that electorate? Um, so people like the donkey voting is often like you just tick one box or you you know you write. None of the above on it, um, in in pen, and that's and that's not counted. So if you have enough of that, people are you know not getting in trouble for not voting because obviously a secret ballot they can't like, they can't find you for that. Mm-hmm. So you have, you have people who you know but they won't get in trouble, but you still have donkey voting. So you will still have low vote numbers for for each party. I guess that's one of the that's one of the best ways to to protest because you've got protests being cracked down on in at least in Sydney and in Melbourne, but they can't exactly stop you from voting. Because if you don't vote, they can't get back into power.
0: And with Cracking Down, obviously, we haven't seen a lot in the media on it. You, You can go on Twitter and you can see some pretty shocking and pretty grotesque footage of stuff that's gone on. But we don't know a lot. We only get little clips. So in your, you have obviously closer proximity than we do to all of this what are the protests like? Is there anything that you want people to know about what the protests are like that maybe we're not seeing or we're not getting or how they're trying to block information about the protests?
1: Yeah. So you've got, when we had the, the trading protest, which, which went on from, there was someone Friday. Uh, then you had the normal, the normal protests on Saturday. And then you had more Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They tried the protest Thursday, Friday, but, Because of police crackdowns, it was only only small groups on street corners. They couldn't do anything more um, than that. So you had a no-fly zone over the city, which was put in place by the police, so they couldn't get helicopters up there for news uh, to take aerial shots to show how big the protests were. Um, And also you had Facebook obviously bend all the live streams. And then you had the internet cut out at one point, and it was very intermittent in all of Melbourne, uh, which is a, which is an interesting coincidence. Uh, it was patchy throughout all of Melbourne uh, at one point.
0: Now that's interesting because if you if you assume if you give people the benefit of the doubt and you think they're really trying to help, they're trying to just lower COVID cases or get to COVID zero, whatever. How does instituting a no-fly zone and not showing footage of protests? help combat COVID. That's that's the part where it starts to get really freaky. Yep. Yeah. And I imagine not much justification there. No, no. No, no. Is the goal, by the way, zero COVID? I mean, because you said 2024, and I, and they changed it, but they're talking about opening their borders later. Maybe, we don't know. Um, is, is the goal zero COVID, or what yes. are they?
1: It's zero COVID
0: but what we're happens an island,
1: we're an island nation that went zero covid
0: <laughs> you're right so then if i come in there and i've got i've got asymptomatic covid or whatever are the is the idea that the quarantine camps are forever because the estimation is that covid i don't have to tell you this i'm not lecturing you but covid's probably going to be around like the flu so what are they thinking for the rest of the world is it just always when you go in you quarantine
1: uh, a few weeks ago Dr. Kerry Chantry, the Chief Health Officer of New South Wales, said that we will never go back to normal. There will always be masks and snap lockdowns.
0: I, this is going to sound overly psychoanalytic, but I just want to know, how did that feel to hear? What was the reaction when, when people, and when you heard that?
1: I wasn't surprised some people were that i speak some people that were that I speak to uh, I'm definitely a lot more black pill than most of the people right. <laughs> that, are, that, are, that are over here um yeah. like i, I still saw coming from the very start I, I didn't expect it to go away time soon because we know what the government's like yeah uh, but yeah. yeah a lot of, a lot of people were actually quite shocked to hear that um especially like I said. People from the left didn't care; but they they always support these measures. People from the right, a few of them were shocked, or at least where I am, uh, but we're a different state, so it's I don't know how it felt on on the ground in New South Wales. But that was when we had, but well, that was when they had Gladys Berejiklian in as, as premier, and as I said, people are now mourning her loss of of her stepping down from from government.
0: And but I, even, you were
1: talking, you were talking about how. Coming in from overseas, so the government is looking right now at an amendment to the Biosecurity Act called the Biosecurity Amendment Enhanced Risk Management Bill 2021. So that basically will allow the government to to issue human biosecurity orders against anyone coming in by boat or by by plane to lock them down. So if you come in, the government can put an order against you to have the entire the, all the passengers of the boat or the plane put into, into lockdown immediately because of the risk of COVID.
0: And in general, the attitude toward this is pretty accepting or there's not much pushback?
1: You've got bipartisan support. Federally, you've got bipartisan support for these policies, for these, for these laws. Uh, even in Victoria... Um, a few weeks ago, they could have been could, could be a couple of months ago. I think it was August. Uh, they voted to shut down Parliament. So in the lower house, Dan Andrews had the majority, so uh, which is his Labor, which is left. Um, so they obviously the lower house agreed with him. The upper house he doesn't have he doesn't have a majority, so it's a bit different here to to America. We've got a lot more minor parties. Uh, so the we have the cross bre- the, the cross bends, which is all your minor parties and in independents. I don't think there's any independence in the Senate right now, so it's just a bunch of minor parties. You've got two Lib Dems, which are libertarian right, uh, and one from Reason Party, which is libertarian left. Fiona Patton, she's supposedly libertarian. I I really, really don't like her. Um, And I've complained about her before on on our show. Uh, She voted with the government to to disband parliament and send them home uh, for a couple of weeks to shut down parliament. So... They had the Labor government there had support from the crossbench and from Liberal senators to 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 shut that down. So even even in the worst states, you've still got bipartisan support there. Uh, you had Labor in New South Wales proposed a bill to fine people who organise protests twenty thousand dollars if you incite protesting online eleven thousand if you go to a protest five thousand five hundred.
0: Wow! So they're tracking online behavior. They're tracking all of this. There's
1: monitoring. They've okay. been, they've been arresting people for, for, um, for, for encouraging protest. Anthony Kalouf, who had Australians against the agenda on Instagram, 20, 20,000 plus followers. He was sent to prison for, I think, eight, eight months in New South Wales. I think it was, New, I think he's in New South Wales for an, inciting inciting and, and organizing protests. Um, you've got just recently uh, Ozzy Kosak on on YouTube, he's been uh, arrested for violating health orders. Um, so you got if you organise protests, you will be you will be taken to prison and prosecuted to the fourth end of the law, basically. Which is interesting because uh, I've actually put up a video on on Twitter a few months ago uh, of the one of the police commanders this year saying, you know, protesting achieves nothing. Stop it! Stop it! It's never worked anywhere in the entire world ever. Uh, compared to the deputy police commissioner uh, from last year, uh, from May or June, saying that it, that it's a human right to protest. Interesting. And guess that that was in regard to to BLM protesting, where you had police kneeling with the protesters.
0: Right. I, I suppose it depends on what you're protesting. Whether it's a human right, yes. or whether it's something that uh, you can have your rights taken away for. Um, you know, it's so weird because. Up until a few months ago, I think a lot of people just thought of Australia as another liberal, liberalized country. What's your take on how Australia became the nexus of what you've referred to, I don't think incorrectly, as, as this tyranny? What, how, how did that happen? Why is it Australia?
1: People online, especially Americans and Brits, will say like, oh, you know, Australia's reverted to being a penal colony. We always were. We never stopped being a penal colony. So we got our independence by voting. Mm. We had a vote on our constitution, which then went to the UK Parliament and was voted on there and was given assent by the, by, um, would have been Queen Victoria, I think, or possibly her son. Um, but I don't know the exact dates for getting royal assent for that one. Uh, but yes, we got our freedom by, by voting. We have not had to, we didn't have a war of independence or a civil war or anything to defend our, our rights. We didn't even have like the UK has had a a war that threatened national security. The closest we've had is Japan in, in World War Two, but they could ne- they never planned to take Australia because they didn't have the manpower to. because they were too busy in, in China and obviously fighting America. So they did nothing more than bombing and submarine raids but that was it. So we've never really been, been threatened. So people take our freedoms for granted here. In 1996 you had the Port Arthur massacre um, in Tasmania, and then you had the conservative John Howard government implement gun control yeah. up to the point right now, where you have what's called a firearm prohibition order, which means that high-risk persons can't own a firearm of any sort at all. Uh, so that you saw massive gun buyback back then. Uh, gun c- gun control since uh, limiting, you know, what firearms you can control. It's it's only it's mostly for people who are you know farmers or or professional shooters, and if you're a shooter, you've got to be in a, in a gun club. Uh, so you have there are more guns now than we had in the 1997 after the the buyback, which ended in 1997. Uh, but the proportion of households that own firearms has gone down by 75. percent wow. Most firearms, most people who own who buy firearms already owned firearms, so they're all being focused in the in the hands. They're all being concentrated in the hands of 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 shooters and, and farmers. They really they're the only people who really who are in firearms and so people say to me oh you know if you had if you had firearms you know you could fight back and it's like the firearms issue is a symptom not the actual problem itself the actual problem is is the submission uh so if we had firearms right now it would show that you know people weren't submitted to the state so if we didn't have fire if we were like if we had firearms now we would have less tyrannical measures because people wouldn't be submissive. That's the issue there. It's the mindset, not the actual fact of whether or not we own guns. Because we can still buy some guns. Uh, I recommend people to, to go look at the Wikipedia link for Australian gun control. It lists there are about six categories there, which you can which you can check out and see what guns you can own uh, under that. But you really that that's what it's come down to is it's, it's the mindset of, of submission, which we've seen for for a long time over here
0: so you're saying that the same mindset that led to that gun confiscation is what's leading to these measures now it's not as though oh they took away the guns and so now they can be tyrannical it's each contributed to the other yeah it's it's interesting because i so i study a political theorist niccolo machiavelli and one of the things that he says is that Um, you need uh, a memory of your ancient liberty in order to be able to defend it. But it sounds like what you're saying, and I don't think it's it's incorrect. I think this is actually very insightful. It sounds like what you're saying is that you also need a memory of not having that liberty and having to defend it and fight for it. And by your account, it sounds like Australia didn't really have that experience the way that the U.S. did, the way that uh, other countries did.
1: Yeah, so it's it's the, it's the same for New Zealand as well. They they've had a bit more gun gun freedom until the Christchurch uh, mass shooting a couple of years ago. But again, they had the same the same issue. You know, they got independence by voting again. No no real war that threatened um, the people there. It's this. It's the same. It's the same. Really, it's just the same thing in both countries that really shows that it's not the lack of guns; it's the mindset behind it. You're seeing we're both island nations, both. Small populations. I think twenty-five million here and a few million over there. I think it's like five million maybe um, over in, in New Zealand. So you do have very much, very, very similar approaches by the government and support by the people. I think they locked down after one case uh, earlier this year.
0: Yeah, yeah, they were they were very quick to do so as well. Um, and you described yourself as more blackpilled than most people. So are, would you define yourself as an anarchist, as a libertarian? How, how would you? Okay, anar- anarchist. Sorry, right. which Ant- is
1: not popular down here at all. Uh, you've got <laughs> so be, with, with the Liberal Party being centre right, not even that. It's left. It's almost centre at this point. Uh, the Liberal Democrats uh, are considered to be to ha- be, be hard right. Now they're cl- they're classical liberal. If if that depends who you talk to. So the two the two are uh, Victorian state senators uh, are decent uh, david limbrick actually went on liberty lockdown a couple of days ago um he's one of their senators and that was a that was a great show i recommend everyone go look that check that out on on youtube and on his platforms because that's probably the best way to find it happening down there talk talk to him because he's a politician down there who deals with and I know, I know i'm an anarchist they they aren't perfect but at least you know you're getting more of a a more of a libertarian take on on dan andrews and actually this is someone who deals with andrews on a daily basis so you get more of that insight into how the government's working down there but yeah really you got libertarians classical liberals being considered hard right and now this is with regard to to uh, to uh you've got cameron uh, ross cameron i think is is the name he's a former um howard mp federal um and campbell newman who Liberal premier, liberal premier from the start of last decade in in Queensland, turned a record majority government into a one-year government. Horrible, horrible policies. The left and the right don't like him. Uh, he was an, anti-biker, uh, militarised the police, managed minimum sentences for gun crimes, uh, like owning illegal, 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 illegal firearms. So he claims to be libertarian. I disagree with him on that. Like, I usually, you know, am anti-gatekeeping a really big big tent libertarian even though i'm an anarchist which is like the extreme um because there are so few us down here that we can't afford to be to be like puritan of anything we can't afford to have to have spiraling and gatekeeping uh but i do you know draw the line at Newman because his policies as premier were not libertarian at all again like you know as long as you have like the same core principles like i'll work with you uh but when you start militarizing the police and then claim to be libertarian i'm a bit sus of that yeah uh so but again he's considered to be hard right uh which means that as an anarchist i'm probably far right <laughs> so that's yeah that's that that's how the media and, and most people perce- and perceive us so that was done by the australian which is a uh, which is a nationwide um Newspaper, one of the one, one of the biggest newspapers we have down here, calling classical liberals if that to be to be hard right. So there really is that that mindset against ideas of liberty. Western Australia had one senator from the Lib, from the Lib Dems. He got voted out um, last election in, in Western Australia. So they they voted him out, and we've got the Victorian elections next year. So we don't know if we're going to have those two Lib Dems in or not then. Hopefully people, you know, starting to wake up to Dan, to Dan Andrews, but again, seeing Western Australia um, vote out there, Libertarian uh, State Senator really goes to show you that there is that, I guess, lack of support for people who are Libertarian in just in general.
0: Right, right, and I'm I'm the same way as you are. I don't really like the gatekeeping either. I feel like it, if if you haven't been called not a real libertarian, you're not a real libertarian. So yeah. I don't I I don't really ascribe to that. But you know, there are certain lines that you can't cross, and I think you know, using or exploiting the government monopoly on force to your own ends is is one of those lines.
1: Um, yeah, I think libertarians down here don't really have a grasp of, of theories. I'm probably the exception I've read a, a lot of theories. Um, uh, I'm currently reading Libertarian Manifesto by by Rothbard, but most libertarians over here don't read theory really. They, they might read here here and there, um, but they're a lot more practical than than theoretical. Which is one of the few things I like about Australia is that li- libertarians don't care, which is about the debates on theory. They're a lot more you know pragmatic and practical about what we can, what can we do now in in in, re- in reality. Which I think is one of the few things that yeah I like about libertarians over here although they were not as popular. We do have that we're more we're more more willing to you know work together than than separate and fight. Because I've been, I like I was watching some of the some of the libertarian party drama. So you have got like LPNH and and um and that sort of stuff. So I was watching that sort of drama because I've got lots of uh, ties with Americans, um, and comparing that to what we have over here, we don't have caucuses or anything like that in our Lib Dem. People are a lot more willing to work together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is, it is interesting. And I definitely want to get to the, the practical side of, okay, what can people do because that is something that libertarians over here are not the best at, but what <laughs> you might've noticed. Um,
1: yes. And I've
0: also noticed that you do have a very, again, from, from your tweets, you have a very clear grasp on American issues and American policy. Uh, so what makes you different in the way that you are going to go out and, and, and read things? theory and and look into that aspect of it what what intrigues you about that
1: uh so so as I'm currently at university I'm currently studying a degree in international relations and a degree in in law so very much uh reading like heavy reading in in theory which is why I've then gone into reading libertarian theory as well uh so I own a a decent number of books by by Hayek and, and Rothbard and basically everyone except Hopper, which I haven't got around to reading yeah. yet, even some Ron Paul, uh, because I've got that that love of reading that comes from, that, that you know, really plays out with, with the university. Oh, yes, um, of
0: course. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> a, a lot more people here, you know, they don't have the time to, to read. Like, they're all, like, working, like, full jobs. A lot of libertarians are a lower class as well here. So you've got a lot, most people that I talk to are, you know, a, a, a tradesman or, or got one guy who's a chef. So they're, they're, um, obviously so they they have a lot more of a much more of a, a need for for money to get by for, to pay the bills especially in where we are right now with with the government people you know are really focused on saving up money now while they can uh before they lose their job you got again you have got people who are being fired left right and center but i have more that 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 freedom to read to read theory than a lot of other people do which i think is it's is very very fortunate for me so I yeah, again I do have that that, that grasp of theory and, and American politics that we're seeing, that as I said you that you're seeing in, in my in my tweets
0: mm-hmm. and it, it does I think it leads to a more holistic understanding, both the, the practical side and the theoretical side. And I'm wondering did you ever have uh, did you ever feel like any of these policies were necessary or helpful or did you ever feel like they were justified? Was there any kind of transition that you went through in that regard?
1: At one point at, at if, this, if this if this was me like four or five years ago I would have supported it in 2016 I supported Hillary as a as a social democrat so I remember being at high school which really shows my age I remember being at at a high school or what we call high school um over here um because I know you guys have also middle school as well yeah, So I remember yeah. seeing, being outside in in sport on tennis courts. We someone brought their smuggled their phone along, so they were giving us updates on on the vote because that was went, that went to I think it finished at three it thirty four thirty p.m. in the afternoon over here. It was late, so we, we yeah. got so we, we got we got to see the end of that. So I was you know very much a Hillary supporter back then. Then. Fast forward to me in 2018 as a as a neocon supporting Trump and then me in 2020 being an anarchist. So it's a big journey there. A really big swing. Uh but yeah, so at one point at one point I would have been very much supportive of these policies like most Australians are, but I've been very much radicalized. Um I hadn't been able to take that that jump from from minarchist to to anarchist um until 2020. But then we, we saw start of COVID and I immediately uh took that final step because you know doing a, a law degree, it's a bit hard to be like, well, I don't think we should have a legal system, but also, also doing law, like what how to, rec- how to reconcile those two, but I've really, you, you know, going like, oh, screw it, the government, they're gonna be tyrannical anyway, I might as well stand up.
0: Well, the, yeah, I mean, you can you can work from inside the system and I think that, that yes. can be more helpful sometimes. So no, more power to you. Do a Ron um, Swanson. Exactly, there we go, there we go. No, I love that, I bring that back. <laughs> Now, for the people who do support these policies, and it seems like there are a lot of those, is it more? Is it is it more just this kind of passive acceptance? Is it a desire to not get in trouble? Is there critical thinking going on? Um, what? How rabid, I guess, is the support that you're seeing from civilians? So not from politicians.
1: Yeah. So if if you when I black blackpilled, go on Twitter, look up hashtag I stand with Dan for oh, five dear. minutes and you become very blackpilled. That's, that's Victoria. Um, they have a very much like it's, it's Trump. Think of it as c- compare the I stand with Dan group to, to MAGA heads worshiping Trump. Oh, okay. It's about <laughs> the same level or even wow. QAnon. is probably a better example. Uh, QAnon and how they worship Trump compared that to, to Dan Andrews supporters. It's really the same level of cult-like worship, hero worship, basically. Um, but yes, you do, the left is more supportive of, of these policies generally. You've got the three popular Labour premiers, which, is, which are Dan Andrews, Mark McGowan, and, and Palaszew, Um, which are Western Australia, Victoria, and, and Queensland. Northern Territories also Labour, and then you've got uh, ACT, which is our version of DC's Labour, and then you've got New South Wales, Tasmania, had an election during covid and they didn't change at all with regards to so they still are liberal but it's a one-seat majority 13 out of 25 seats uh south australia which i think is also liberal so you do have both sides so it depends on where you are in in queensland you probably have liberals are a bit more anti-lockdown than they are in other states in victoria they definitely like the liberals are definitely Often pro lockdown, the Liberal Party leader um, in New South Wales, sorry in, in Victoria, has blocked David Limbrick on Twitter. So you've got the leader of the Liberal Party blocking the more vocal of the two Lib Dems on Twitter because he doesn't like him. So that 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 goes to show you know how complicit often the politicians can be. Uh, you, the, you've got I think three parties that are opposing lockdowns or three major parties federally. You've got Lib Dems, obviously. Uh, then you've got Clive Palmer's United Australia Party and One Nation. One Nation is the most authoritarian party we have here and they're anti-lockdown. So it's obviously, it's just their rhetoric. Um, Americans, Americans may have heard of Pauline Hanson, who's not a good person. Um, she wore a burka into, se- so she's in the Australian Senate, she wore a burka in um, to, Senate, as a, to argue that we should ban burkas in Australia.
0: Oh, wow. Oh wow!
1: she she is very much she she's yeah quite quite racist. She used to be she was anti anti Asian in the 1990s. and went to prison, and then in the, in now when she's I think she went to prison or something like that. She had some legal drama that meant she, that meant that she left politics and she came back in, um, and was instead anti Muslim in general. Uh, very much uh, pro intervention in the Middle East and Afghanistan. Uh, they tend to be more they tend to be a bit better on guns uh but they're also uh that but again they're very much very protectionist and and expansionist overseas they support the us military in the middle east so they're more authoritarian you've got clive palmer's united you know, australia party which is clive's not a good person again he's a horrible person uh he's hated in in queensland and, and western australia um especially in, in queensland he if you if you look him up on, on online, you'll see all this drama about him. No one he's not a he's not well liked. Uh, his party, um, they will always like at, at election time they will text every Australian to say vote for us. So they will start spamming people with right. vote for us texts. We get that. Uh, if, too. If you, <laughs>
0: yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> um. So yeah, he. He's not well well liked by most Australians. His his party, I think, they're now at thirty thirty thousand to fifty thousand members, uh, which is quite big. I think um the Liberal Party nationally is a hundred is uh, like nationwide is a like hundred thousand, so they're, they're about half the Liberal Party membership size. And people in Australia don't tend to join political parties. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, you do have that support now because Craig Kelly, who's the only federal MP we have, who's been consistently anti-lockdown he went from being liberal to independent to to uop in the space of a year in the space wow. of a year not even that so that was st- started this year till september was when he had that transition uh, so he's very much been been anti anti-lockdown um he's taken over you know running the in running that party for for parliament uh so you do have some support there from conservatives but the left and the, and the center does not like him and then you've got lib dams too as i said you know they lost their seat in in western in western australia so You've got three parties there, really. You can't vote your freedom, but in Australia, voting's about all you can do. Um, I, I've i been saying that the whole time, you know, I support, like, I personally uh, vote for vote for the Lib Dems or when they're running, I vote for them. Uh, because my mindset is, you know, I don't think we're going to win by, by, through politics, but we're, we're going to win through culture. So if, if more people vote for the Lib Dems, then you're going to see they're going to they'll get more media attention and people will look them up and find out who they are. And you win a few converts to classical liberalism over there. So I would rather have a lot of classical liberals than a few anarchists.
0: Right. Right. No, that seems, that seems strategic. And to that end, you're talking about, you know, this needs to be social rather than from the top down. I want to spend some time talking about what you think, the off-ramp is if there is one to these policies what people can do i don't want to have you advocating for protests and getting arrested <laughs> although you are, no. you are technically a little bit anonymous so you're you're at liberty on under so you're you have some cover but what what do you think needs to happen first of all what can people there do and i don't know what is there anything the international community can do? Is there anything that corporations can do? Is there anything that random people like me in the US can do? What? How does this end, in your estimation?
1: So I'll start with with what the, the international community can do first. Internationally, you know, keep keep sharing and getting the word out, both like in person, tell you tell your people you, you talk to, and just like you know, people you speak to in, in in general in your social life, just to, they, you know if you can bring in a conversation, do so. Get that that movement internationally. So we had a couple of weeks ago, you had Polish MPs uh, who were complaining about it. See, so we do have that international movement. that's started getting traction, people complaining about it. Ron Paul covered the protests.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, so that was uh, that was a big hurrah for us. Um, I've got a group of about 50 libertarians who I, who I talked to who, who are Australian that I've brought together, you know, really trying to do that grassroots networking. Um, and that's that's where the podcast and the websites come from from organising that grassroots movement. And then in Australia, what I'd say, like support the protests where you can. I don't support violent protests, partly because if I support violent protests, you know, so I'm going to get in trouble. But also partly because they're less effective. Uh, Martin Luther King, Gandhi, non-violent, successful. Even though even though they made martyrs, they was they still succeeded. The, their movement still succeeded. So you can have success non-violently. If you want to train, if you, like, I'm all again, all, again, I'm all about changing hearts and minds, that you win, you do that through, through non-violence. You you don't do it through violence, but if you do it through non-violence, you can change people's mindsets and and win more sport that way. Because people will see, you know, you like, even after, like, you've got police being sent in with, right, with like, right shields and rubber bullets and pepper sprays and that sort of stuff. Like, if people see, you know, non-violence in the face of that... That's how you start getting people to see, you know, they're not all far right extremists after all. Uh, plus, as well, seeing BLM in America saying they're going to protest as well, which means that, you know, if, if BLM's protesting, but all protesters are against mandates are far right, but BLM's protesting, then is BLM far right? right? See stuff like that, they'll challenge the narrative. Like that, that means they've either got to say that BLM is far right, in which case they they anger uh, minority populations or they admit that the protesters aren't all far right. Either way, it's a win for us. Uh, but definitely uh, either if you if the Lib Dems are running where you are, vote for them. Um, otherwise, I'm not gonna say don't donkey vote. It's definitely, it can be used. Um, again, it, it depends on f- for Australians as who's, to who's running. If Lib Dems are running, I do encourage people to vote for them just because, although I don't think government can you can't, you can't vote your way of freedom. But again, that, that whole, you know, promote the ideas of Liberty. That's, that, that's what I want to focus on. So yeah, protesting nonviolence and, and strategic voting, are probably the three ways to, to start making progress. It'll be and a long sharing. journey, but it, yeah. And sharing as well. It'll be a long journey, but I'm not, like not all hope is lost that we they we can still see progress. Uh, we did see earlier this year we saw a bit of a, bit of a mass exodus from the Liberal Party um, to to uh, Lib Dems and, and to other parties. Again, Clive Palmer's party picked up Liber- uh, Liberal Party members, so we are taking that vote away from from the right. But the question is, how do we take the vote away from the left? That's that's the that's the big issue there. It's a one seat majority in the in the upper house, 151 seats. Uh, we the Liberals have liberal National Party which is the coalition has 76 plus one is, so one is a, is the speaker who's who casts the tiebreaking vote through the 150 seats and you've got 75 that's controlled by the Liberal Party. Uh, so if one if because Craig they so they lost that that extra seat there. So really if, if one MP votes against the government, didn't have to work with the crossbench or, or labor. But the problem we have is, you know, how do, we take, how do we take voters away from the left? Because it's only a few marginal seats difference. And again, in Queensland, the, the reason I said they're putting the camp out where I am is A, to force compliance I here, and B, because it's being put in a more regional area. Away from the away from the big cities, so that Labor, so Australia, uh, Queensland right now because of gerrymandering and, and how the electorates are drawn up, we're Labor at a state level we usually are, but we're often Liberal at a federal level. uh so if they can put the camp out here and win some votes that way, then they can try and swing Queensland to go Labor and pick up a few seats because there are a few margin there, a lot of seats are up considered marginal, only one one or two, one or two percent, maybe three percent in like swings all you need really or that's that's about the difference really so if they can swing those then they've won so the question is how do you take votes away from the left and we're trying to work that we're trying to work that out now because it's that's that's where we need to have progress like the right we can definitely get votes from because you have that, that the commonality there uh with you know more like at least the rhetoric of the right is is for freedom where you don't even have that on the left, so it's really trying to work out, and that's where I think you can probably look at using promoting the libertarian ideas of being, you know, socially progressive, fiscally conservative. Um, unfortunately, Lib Dems have been more focusing on being, you know, aligning with the right. So they, what I think they need to do uh, is, you know, emphasize the fact that they're socially progressive to try and get votes from the left as, as really as a, as a, a third or as a third party, as a third alternative. So I think that's the struggle right now is to try and look at how do we flip those those centre left voters? How do we how do we bring them over to our cause? That's right. the real no. struggle between now and the next election.
0: That that sounds that sounds like an accurate assessment from the little that I that I know of, of Australian politics. That sounds that sounds about right. Um, what what are some lessons, if, if any, that because you know in a, in the US it's bad, but I it's not, it doesn't seem as bad as, as Australia, even in Los Angeles, which is where I am. Um, it doesn't seem as bad as, as Australia, you know, um, I assume. Are oh, you, taking... you
1: know, Newsom brought in mandates for school children before we did. Yeah, you beat no, us it's... there.
0: I know, well, we did, we did beat you there. Are you, are you, um, are you remote for, for classes right now? Or are you on campus?
1: Uh, on campus because I'm, okay, I'm more good. regional.
0: Good. Um, yeah, but I I wonder if there are any any lessons that can be drawn, you know, for future crises because you never let a crisis go to waste, right? Right? If you're in power, so yeah. it, How do people stop this from happening again? I mean, we we know the signs. We've seen the signs. Is is it? Is there? I I imagine that it's both a, a need for, you know, for, for personal action and also maybe for some restructuring at some level. How do we prevent this?
1: We, we, if we don't change people's mindset, we can't, because we have that same submissive mindset that people gave away their guns, they submitted to COVID tyranny. It's, you have to change that mindset. We don't, Americans at least have have a bill of rights. Um, so people, you know, know their rights. We don't, we don't have that here. You've got, we don't have a bill of rights and we have five rights in the, in the constitution. The. Right to vote, uh, freedom of religion, right to a jury, um, and then a couple of rights that like pr- protect. Uh, one, uh, we have the right to not have your property taken away with without due reason, and the right to not be discriminated against on the basis of your of the state of residence. That's the, that's the five rights. to so nothing in terms of your your freedoms. We, there are bills, there are state bills of rights in. Queensland and in New South Wales, and sorry, in, in Victoria and the ACT, which is our version of DC. Uh, but those are just ordinary legislation, so they are basically, you know, just they're not, they're not, they're not same level as the Constitution. They're just norm, normal pieces of, of legislation, and again, all of those um, acts have provisions. Have they, are they? All of them in the legislation, they, they have provisions to say that this does not count. Like you can or how to override human rights. In the names of safety, you, there's lots of ways around it. So we don't have those protections there. We can't rely on, on the constitution to protect us. We have to rely on changing people's approach to to their rights and help help people understand that the, you know they do have rights. Rights don't come from from the government. Perrettat, who's the new premier for New South Wales, he said that in one of his early speeches as premier. He said rights don't come from um, the government. They they come. From, I think he said they come from God because he's a Man of faith, so he, they 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 come from God or the, or they're inherited. I don't I don't remember exactly what he said, but he did say that they come from government. But again, his rhetoric versus his policies. It depends on how much his hands are tied. Also, by the party, his hands could be tied for all we know. Because I know there were some deals done by factional leaders in the in the party to get him to be premier and he's and to determine who his deputy is. Uh, because we don't, our premiers aren't elected like. The governor is, or the president is, our prime minister and our premier are drawn from the lower house. Whichever party has control of the lower house, their party leader becomes the premier or, or the prime minister. So we don't have the ability to, have, to do like recall elections. That we we can't. So once they are in, they're in for the rest of the term unless they choose to step down, like Gladys like Spurgeon did. So really, we have to try and focus on that mindset and then changing things the next election. Unfortunately, as an anarchist, I have to rely on elections a lot more than I would like, but that's really, that's, that's really the only, or the only route I can see going forward.
0: It's such a good point that, that rights don't come from government and then people need to assert them first. You know, anything that's, that's been implemented de jure, I feel like has begun de facto. And yes. um, it's, it's, it's a great point that you make. I am if I'm really glad that it sounds like you are doing something and you are trying to set up a website and please keep us posted. Um, we've been communicating on Twitter. So when that's up and live, let me know. And, and yes. Maurice and I will definitely plug it. Um, again, name of your podcast is Gumtree of Liberty. Um, yeah. Where else can people find you? What else should people know as we wrap up? So you up? can
1: find me on, on Twitter at Liberty Down Under, under spelled U-N-D-R because you can't have 16 characters in your at. Instagram is under. Um, probably check out yet Check out the Gumtree of Liberty podcast, which, which I host. We do recorded shows on, on, on Australia right now. Episode four came out yesterday, uh, yesterday, Australian time. It came out this morning, American time. Um, so that we, we talked there about, about, you know, how you can win the, the cross bench and, and how to fix on in the Senate, um, because we have more than two, we have more than two per state. We've got twelve, so that's why. Because we have the preference voting. That's how you you win elections. You don't do lower mm-hmm. house. Lower house works the same way as American lower house does, but federally having twelve senators per state, that's how you get minor parties in through that. So it's you need a lot lower threshold. Yeah. It, it's half senate elections most of the time. So there are six, there's, there are six senators up for vote next next year. So that's that's how you start making change. There you start you know getting votes, and those thing and then you get cro- people on the crossbench who are more liber- liberal, liber- liberty minded, and then they vote down legislation. That's the best way to do that. But yeah, so obviously you find me on Instagram, um, Twitter, Country of Liberty on YouTube. It's the Aussie Liberty Network. Uh, that's where we put up our our podcast. We might have an we we are. Trying to do one on economics, it's a bit like herding cats right now. So <laughs> yeah, do, they've got they've got episode one done. I'm trying okay. to push them to get the second one done. Um, and then the website is australianliberty.network. dot network. It is up, um, but there's nothing there yet.
0: <laughs> okay, all right, we'll 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 let people know when that goes live. And I think it's great what you're doing. You're you're combining theory with pragmatics you know maybe maybe we can learn something over here as libertarians with, <laughs> with what you're doing so thanks again so much for joining especially because it is early for you um you know i, I will not say stay safe because uh <laughs> i think we've all had a little bit too much of that, but it's insane for sure and yes uh and keep being awesome uh so thank you so much again for joining us today or joining thank, you.
1: Today.
0: thank you thank <laughs> you